Welcome, and indeed welcome back to BungaCast, the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. My name is Alex Hochley, and this podcast is also Philip Cunliffe. Hello. Hi. And George Hoare. Hello. Hey. Phil, tell us what we're talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about the new scramble for Africa. I mean, I guess, you know, um, whether there is one, if there is one, what its main drivers and um, dimensions are. And this in particular is prompted by... Um, all the discussion over growing Russian involvement in particularly in Central and Northern Africa, the former um, French colonial empire in that region, because there's just a constant stream of headlines about the Wagner mercenary group in particular that's been involved in all sorts of um, military confrontations in that region, how far recent coup d'etat in the region favor Russia over um, and are kind of gradually eroding the power of France and so on. So it's basically something that's been prompted by headlines and we're going to try and see how far we can see what might be happening behind all the um, talk of uh, growing Russian influence and how far that, per, you know, how far that betokens a new geopolitical struggle in the continent. Yeah, I mean, George, we're, we're um, I guess, in a new Cold War. Um, that's what people are calling it. That's what you're calling it. I believe you have a, a a theory here about how this Cold War is not about the internal contradictions of the two societies in in the Cold War, but is rather about two different forms of capitalism or something like that. I mean, it's it's hardly an original theory. Look, I mean, for this for starters, calling it a new Cold War, I think is stupid, and actually is probably of a part with a wider um, Why? problem that we can't. Well, we one we can't name things anymore. Right. Everything is post something. Everything is neo or new something. Um, and it's been a very long time since something has emerged, which has its original name, which, you know, might be kind of unimportant, superficial, just about kind of the naming of it. But I think it speaks to uh, a lack of um, historical imagination. But anyway, but a cold, that, but a that, cold that, war that, is like a deadlocked, you know, it's a deadlocked kind of geopolitical standoff that neither side can kind of win outright through a full on military confrontation. So it's not, you know, like it's uh, describing a particular kind of conflict. I mean, isn't that an accurate way to describe? Yeah. No, and, and, and indeed, I think that in this case, it does seem that we're, you know, plunging headlong into a new geopolitical conflict between two blocks. What's interesting about this new Cold War is that it fits the misleading stereotype about the original Cold War, which is to say that 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 was described as East versus West, as if they are two uh, competing blocks which are basically equivalent to one another in some sense, and that they are you know, locked in competition with one another and fighting proxy wars here and there. What is distinct about the original Cold War is precisely its ideological underpinnings, that it wasn't just a battle between uh, equivalent blocks, but ones which proposed, at least theoretically, um, a, a different ways to organize their own societies. Not only that, but those societies were riven internally by those same conflicts, um, by the conflict between 
the working class and the bourgeoisie or between socialism and capitalism and so on. And that was something that was, so it wasn't merely just these um, homogenous blocks uh, left and right, not left and right, but east and west, um, left and right of your map as you're looking at it, um, you know, that, that are fighting between each other, but that there are in, in, in conflicts which are internal to those societies. What's remarkable about this emerging new Cold War is how they're all fighting on the same terrain. They're different capitalist powers, which don't really propose any different differing ideologies. At the most, they're sort of ex post facto um, kind of legitimating ideologies to say we're fighting, you know, the West says we're fighting for liberalism and democracy or for feminism or for, you know, minority rights and whatever, whereas Russia will present itself as fighting for, I don't know, traditional norms and values and China will say I don't, I'm not sure exactly what China's pitch is, but effectively we, pro- we, stable, we will have wealth, we'll have stability. Yeah, kind and, of and, prosperity, yeah. stability, order, um, kind of sound, sagacious government as opposed to the instability that comes with populism and democratic upheaval. I think, you know, that would probably be it. But the, I mean, so it's interesting, it's worth teasing out a bit, I think, because of course there is, I think, Vladimir Putin, when he claims to be defending, you know, a European ideal, um, a world in which, you know, God doesn't have um, different gender pronouns. This was one of the idiotic kind of points he made in a speech recently in reference to, um, you know, something that was brewing in the Anglican Church here in the UK, just for the benefit of listeners who don't. I mean, the Anglican Church is definitely the dumbest and dappiest of all the worldwide churches. Um, but there was a debate there I'm about sure. whether or not it definitely is, George. You can't it's do a most, gammon. You cannot the most do a gammon defense. You cannot do a gammon defense of the Anglican Church. I absolutely can. One based on Battenberg and cups of tea. Um, it is a very. <laughs> and you're just proving a... Phil's point, actually. <laughs> Well, it's better. I, actually, I guess the Catholics have um, wafers and wine, which is more, a bit more rock and roll. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to to interrupt you, but I just had to defend my my national church, which I'm not <laughs> a member of. He's anyway. So he was, made, you know, he makes this pitch about Russia as the defender of traditional European civilization, I suppose. Um, but it seems to me, you know, I mean, partly that's trolling, you know, like I mean. Trolling? Sorry, trolling. Trolling, yeah. So it's trolling the it's trolling Western states. Um but there is a you know, there is a, an attempt to kind of uh appeal to uh, European particular kind of European conservatives and the ways in which um you know there was also famously kind of Marine Le Pen, the French um populist, national populist leader, had to rely on Russian bank accounts because of the way in which they were kind of boxed in within France itself. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I think the kind of the ideological standoff between uh, the claims of socialism, communism on one side and um, liberal capitalism on the other is a much more important standoff. But there are ideological dimensions as well to the conflict today, if not as pronounced. And they're both lay, they're both laid over similar economic structures so i suppose the question is how deep you know how deep the conflict goes hmm. i mean i my, my take is that they're secondary i don't want to spend too long on this but i mean i, I think that they're no, no, fair enough, yeah. rather secondary and uh, you know after the fact and you know to the, to a certain extent even the original yeah, imperial competition between before 1914 itself was also 
um, had it was infused with values or claims about values, um, which was also rather superficial. Yeah, national you, value, I suppose, hmm. yeah. So when you were saying like the different pitches that the, the, play, the different players were making, the way I sort of interpreted this was that, you know, each each of US, China, Russia, <clears throat> and Europe, particularly France, they have to like, what's their reason for wanting to be involved in the new scramble um, in Africa? And for like Europe or France, it's very much like, we'd, you know, we've been there, we've done that, we have the expertise, the technocratic expertise within kind of colonialism. So leave it to us, we know what to do. Um, with China, it's like, you know, you're going to get a good deal. We're going to give you some infrastructure. You're going to employ some Chinese workers and you're going to give us some some raw materials. So actually, like to the neutral observer, if such a thing exists, then China and Africa is, um, you know, it's just like a fair fair trade on all sides for and the US. Not, and we're not going to give you kind of your, we're not going to make you fill out human rights forms and gender compliance forms. All we're going to do is kind of give you money, build you some stadiums and roads, take your, uh, you know, take your diamonds and whatever. And that's it. It's, yeah. That's it. There's no kind it's quite of straightforward. nothing else comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the gender pronouns thing might be a bit inflated in your in your head, perhaps, as as kind of the main driver of of kind of the new scramble of I didn't say Africa, gender pronouns, that's the Anglican church. <laughs> okay. I mean <laughs> Sorry, like man. the point is like, you know, um whatever the new kind of thing is that Western NGOs and Western states will kind of force on to, you know, kind of uh, poorer developing countries, you know, like gay rights will be the thing that the American flags now they'll kind of fly, fly the pride flag. And the Chinese yeah. won't do that. They, they won't have put ideological conditions on what they do with their aid. I think that's part of the pitch. Yeah. I just wanted to finish my run through. So if you have like China, it's a good deal. You, um, Europe or France, like historic links, we we know how to do it. The pitch that the US is making is just basically military might. Like, you know, you can do do a do a deal with us, but ultimately it's due to our military superiority why we have a, a right to be involved in this scramble. And then Russia, I think, is the least clear. That's why there has to be that kind of ideological defense because it's not straightforwardly a good material deal, historical links or or military. I know that is like completely oversimplified, but that was my starting point. Oh, that, and that's when that, you said pitches, that's, you know. That's yeah, what there is. Thinking. There is. I think the pitch, the pitch, I think, for the Russian angle is it's just, it does. So I don't, you know, I mean, Putin can go on about kind of gender pronouns for the Anglican, you know, the decadence of the Anglican church. I mean, that's a pitch to Western conservatives um, and maybe to a few layers, you know, a few layers in Russia. I don't think, you know, many Russians particularly care what Western churches are doing. Um, you know, it's not going to kind of make much difference if you're worried about sanctions and inflation and whatnot. But I think in Africa, I mean, I think the pitch, it's partly, you know, I think it's probably the appeal of Russia is more as a counterweight to France and America. So you know that you can, there is at least political and diplomatic space to play off the sides against each other. So it gives you room for manoeuvre, even if it doesn't have the kind of ideological um, or material backing as China might, does now or as Russia might have had in the Cold War. And the other element I think, and this I get from some of my colleagues who are Africanists, is just um, military, right? Yeah. In the basic sense that they've still, a lot of these African states still have huge kind of, or at least in, so far as they do have armories, they're still Soviet era. And so they're still kind of locked into um, Russian military um, disbursement, basically. So it's still easier and cheaper to go back to Russia for your guns and ammo 
um, than it is to try and kind of um, start a new military security force from scratch with a different country's weaponry. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.